Here's what's coming up on today's show. You know, that'll help shine some light for investors out there of kind of what they're feeling and why and, you know, what it really means in context of, you know, bigger goals or even retirement. When it comes to your finances, you don't want to be at a disadvantage. Tim Dyer can help. He's a wealth manager specializing in retirement planning and investment management, and he could be that financial coach that helps you achieve your goals in retirement. This is Retirement Power Play. Well, glad to have you back on the Retirement Power Play. I'm Ben George. He is Tim Dyer. We got a good show for you, talking about controlling greed, fear, and other emotions. Tim, welcome in. I know you're, uh, you're excited to see hockey back in, in season now, right? That's right. Retirement Power Play, right? <laughs> Gotta love it, right? Uh, it's great. To, it's good to see the the guys back on the ice, and uh, I know there's a lot of motion when these guys are out skating against each other. Much like the topic we're going to talk about today, controlling gr- greed, fear, and emotion. I know that. I know right now we, and we've kind of hit on this in some previous podcasts, but it's an emotional time right now, isn't it? It certainly is. We're we're in the middle of a uh, financial storm, if you will. The stock market hasn't been. Uh, participating this year the way people might have hoped, uh, but this is all part of a normal cycle. So um, we'll break down some of the some of the emotions that go with what's happening, and I think w- you know that'll help shine some light for investors out there of kind of what they're feeling and why, and you know what it really means in context of you know bigger goals or even retirement. Yeah, and not all of them are negative, too. There's some positive emotions in here that I think can still lead you astray if you let them with your financial decisions. So we want to kind of point that out to you, tell you a few stories maybe along the way, and just kind of help you position yourself for a better financial future. That is the goal today. Again, you find everything online. DyerWM.com is the website for Tim's business, but always the podcast can be found at retirementpowerplaypodcast.com. So, Tim, I know... We lead off. The, I mean, the first immediate emotion we think of, right, is greed. I mean, that's when you think money, that is the very first thing that comes to mind. Typically, uh, I would agree with you. Well, not typically. In this case, <laughs> I do agree with you. However, the one that's at front and center right now is fear. True. Right? So we'll put greed actually on the, on the back burner for a second, talk about fear. Um, I mentioned at the top of the show that the stock market hasn't uh, cooperated. Here we are in mid-October. And the stock market's down about 24% year to date. And we're using the S&P 500 as a, as a gauge for that. So, you know, the, the, what's happening in people's minds at this point is they're saying, okay, this is bad. I've seen my account balances drop, and, and these are at some uncomfortable levels in some cases, especially for people that might have not prepared accordingly for something like this. Um, but the, the big question is, okay, well, does it go down another 25%? Does it get worse? And so this is something that's called recency bias. People look at what's happened in recent history and they assimilate that or they actually carry it forward, assuming that that is what's going to happen again. Um, so so fear is kind of uh, ruling the uh, roost, as we say right now. Um, CNN, if you go on their website, they've got a, a gauge. It's called the Fear and Greed Indicator. And there's seven different criteria which they list out there. I won't go through them all right now, but uh, they list to kind of say which emotion is driving the market right now. And clearly, um, you know, extreme fear is, a, is <clears throat> what's registering on that scale right now. 
So that might seem like the bad news. The good news is, is as our friend Warren Buffett always says, you want to be greedy when people are fearful and fearful when people are greedy. So if you find yourself really feeling that squeeze of emotion at this point in time, take a step back for a second and think, okay, if I'm really fearful, chances are other people are as well. And this might be the time for me to shift my thinking a little bit. Maybe not full greed, but am I thinking about opportunity that exists out there versus just you know what is happening um, and not taking any actions uh, you know to change that? So you know I'll go into the into the second part of that. We we said we put greed on the back burner. When we think mm-hmm. about greed, um, this is a time to be greedy now. I don't want to say greedy in the form of stupidity, okay? <laughs> um, because these things don't just, you know, these declining markets don't just reverse themselves because we want them to. They need to play themselves out. But if we have the opportunity to take advantage of some opportunities that have ar- arisen, if you will, then it's something that you, you know, I, I think warrants some attention here. And so the action item for investors out there is get a second set of eyes on that portfolio. You know, check in with your advisor. Um, we, you know, our team here, we're, we're doing our um, year-end reviews right now with clients, and we're just making sure everything is uh, as expected. And we're not getting a lot of pushback from clients. They, the part that they have invested in the markets, we managed expectations appropriately, and we've put this current decline in context with previous declines. Um, and so people, you know, they don't feel like a rudderless ship just sort of, you know, floating down the uh, proverbial river. They've got some control over this. Um, so fear and greed, definitely the, the top two. Um, okay. I mean, would, would, are you seeing this in your out and about uh, out there in society as you're walking around? Or do you think people are kind of walking on cloud nine? <laughs> I mean, I think fear is definitely kind of ruling things right now. I mean, it's, it's impossible not to be fearful. You know, even if you do have a, a positive short-term uh, perspective, which, you know, you can't find everywhere really, right? And there's still a lot of people that feel like, hey, this could this could be a problem that we're dealing with into 2023, maybe even to 2024, just the volatility. So there doesn't seem to be necessarily a, a, an endpoint right now and just kind of er, the macro view, right? I mean, maybe yeah. one area gets better, but there's still six or seven other areas that have some major problems right now. So fear is definitely there. I, I don't know as much as greed. Greed is, though, I think the, the over, uh, overall like top emotion, just when you talk money specifically, just any time. But right now, I think fear is definitely trumping that. Yeah, so those are those are the you know the big two that uh, certainly people are most common with. But here's yeah. one that comes up in these kind of environments, and it's it's the emotion of hope. <laughs> okay. okay, so it, are we just burying our head in the sand and saying if we ignore the problem, we hope it goes away? Um, and and that's typically not a good strategy. Now, we want to stick with our long term plan. And we want to have discipline in these types of markets. But if something has changed in our circumstance or changed in our plan or maybe changed in our investment allocation, maybe it's gotten uh, the, the weightings or, or uh, balance between growth and income has shifted because of market conditions, we don't want to just hope that corrects itself. That's something that we can have control over and you know reassess the current portfolio and portfolio allocation and make sure that align and is pointing towards the goals that we've established for you, 
our clients and their, you know, short and long-term plans. Um, one exercise I like to talk to clients or prospective clients about is if you maybe have an investment that hasn't done very well in this environment. And again, most of them haven't done very well, but if something may, maybe really, I think, uh, the, we're talking about the average stock in the S and P last statistic I saw, you know, is down far more than the average, right? But some of the bigger names are kind of holding that average decline, uh, to that 2025 year. What, what, what I'm trying to say here, Penn, is there's a lot of stocks in the S&P 500 that are down over 60, 70, 80%, okay? Mm -hmm. um, and so when we look at those, if, if you have some of those in your portfolio, maybe it makes some sense to re reallocate those into something else. Now, there's a strategy of, of using uh, tax loss harvesting. We'll talk about that in detail another time. But um, what the exercise that I ask our clients is, if you, let's say you had put, I don't know, $20,000 in an investment and it was down 60%, okay? Well, I'll do easier math because it's early in the morning here, but let's say you put $20,000 in an investment and it's down 50%. That investment is now worth $10,000, okay? So the thing that you ask yourself is if somebody showed up at your front door with $10,000 and said, here, do as you wish with this, would you take that same $10,000 and put it into that investment that you had that's down 50? Now, in some cases, you might. Yeah. Right? Markets do get uh, overreactive, and especially things that have been high flyers are overshooting to the downside a little bit. But a lot of times you say, you know, this is kind of a dead duck. This is something that uh, I think we could redeploy, and we could look at a name uh, maybe something that uh, a bigger name that has just pulled back with the general market. I won't name specifics here, but um, it, it gives everybody a chance to sort of level up and maybe upgrade the portfolio a little bit without having to pay higher premiums or valuations as we had the last, you know, the past few years. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It does make sense. I know hope's always like the opposite of, of what you do with your clients, right? I mean, the, I, I hear the expression of the, t the term or the phrase, the hope plan, right? Like if you don't, if you don't actually sit down and put something down and get a strategy in place and a process, then you're kind of relying on this emotion. Well, I got to take you back in history here. This is, this is a little side note. Okay. Um, when I, okay. So, you know, I'm an independent advisor and, and that type of thing, but my career started at a major investment uh, firm and one of the f initial chinks in, uh, of the chain, if you will, um, that had me scratching my head saying, maybe this isn't the path for me in, in this environment was, I remember asking my manager when I just started in the business and they were recommending a, a stock that our analysts were very high on. And we used the term pounding the table back then, you know, we're pounding the table on XYZ company. And I remember everybody's talking about all the things that went right or, or are going right with this company and how this is a slam dunk opportunity and get on the phone and tell your clients. And I remember raising my hand amongst all the advisors and I says, well, well, what's, you know, what happens if it doesn't do what we think it's going to do? And my manager looked out into the, the crowd and he says, well, I guess we'll always hope it did. <laughs> And, uh, you know, looking back, that was one of those things that just kind of, and I said, wait a minute, you know, <laughs> that might not be the best way to, uh, to do this. So it was a small step on my path to independence, but, um, hope is not an option, uh, setting a plan in place 
and also having, uh, you know, consistent check-in so that if the plan does deviate, we don't just hope it goes back. We right. make it go back. Um, so that's another bigger one. One that's not often talked about much in, in markets like this is pride. Okay. Uh, and, and sometimes people take on too much responsibility themselves to manage all these different things. And, and maybe it's been working out great for them in the past. And good, that's good. That's what we want. Um, but sometimes when situations change, it might make sense to, again, get a second set of eyes on things or, uh, or check in with your advisor. And, and don't, don't have so much pride that you have to be the one that controls everything. I mean, I do this full time, 24-7. Right? This is my career. In fact, it's been my only career since I got out of college 20-some years ago. Um, but the, the amount of time and things that we do here, I mean, it's a full time job. Okay. And, and to think that somebody that's in another industry, maybe they're in uh, technology or semiconductors or they're in healthcare, whatever it is, it, they get really good um, at what their career is. And to think that they can do it all, sometimes when the stakes get a little bit bigger and you start to build up a little bit no larger nest egg, or as you get closer to retirement, you know, the, uh, as we say, you know, the, the rules of the game change and, you just want to make sure that you're covered. So uh, there's no there's no harm in uh, in getting help, and you don't have to do it all yourself. And if you do, great. Um, but that's one that we kind of see a pop up around this time. Yeah, people that are stuck in their ways, and um, you know they've done great in a ten year bull market, and they're not making uh, the, the the changes that they might need to make based on some of the gaps that they have in their current plan. So. Yeah, pride. Pride is definitely one that gets in the way with all we of We all have a little bit yeah, of it, right? exactly. <laughs> what else do we have on our emotional list? I know we got some good ones so far, but what else do you have for us? Um, another thing I see here, too, is is guilt. Okay. Right? Um, you know, when, when things don't go our way, we, we tend to, you know, dwell on it. Or, oh, if I hadn't done this, then that wouldn't have happened. And so it's something that pops up now when people look at their accounts and say, well, why, you know, maybe it's instead of why didn't I protect my account more? Um, it's, it's, you know, why did I take excessive risk when maybe I shouldn't have? Um, because the, the, as we were mentioning before, the most recent history is what guides our decisions. A lot of times, Hey, stock market's up 20% this year. It's going to do 20% next year and it'll do 20% the next year. Uh, and that's not the case, right? Everything's everything's always changing and adapting. So when we make mistakes, uh, don't beat yourself up on it. There's very, very few uh, things that 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 can't at least be minimized or improved. I, we had talked on an earlier episode about some of the things that uh, we do that if you don't make a decision, that, that window closes. We're seeing some of those things now as we come into the end of 2022. Uh, IRA contributions, tax loss selling, um, these types of things that once that the, the clock strikes uh, 12, December 31st, that window closes. Um, and so, you know, we don't want to have guilt in our mistakes because we can always make positive changes. But at the same time, um, we need to be cognizant that uh, sometimes some decisions need to be made and we don't want to have too much pride or we don't want to give, you know, too much emphasis on hope and we don't yeah. want to get overly fearful uh, or overly greedy. So I guess it's understanding um, 
you know, how all these things are affecting us. Let's get cognizant of it first and then work on, you know, what we can control and realize that most of the stuff that we're fearful of or ashamed of or whatever um, is really just between our ears and it's, it's not really affecting um, what we're looking to achieve financially. Okay. Guilt's not one that necessarily would have popped up on my radar, but when you lay it out like that, it makes sense that, you know, we can, we can kind of compound those, those mistakes we make if we let, uh, let guilt get in the way. It's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. They're out there. So, um, you know, that's, those are, those are kind of the ones that I see, Ben. I, okay. I think, uh, yeah, I think it, it all makes a lot of sense, but we, we can't let, as we, as we talked about, let greed, fear, hope, pride, guilt, any of these emotions, you know, lead your decision-making. And again, it's kind of the role you play too, right, Tim, as, as an advisor with someone, you kind of can keep someone in check with these emotions. Yeah. It, it, I guess you could call it, I'm the, I'm the party pooper, right? Because when the <laughs> market's really high, I'm saying, Hey, way. this is great. This is what we, you know, our investments are working, but we need to be cognizant. You know, we, we've been through 2008, we've been through 2002, the big 50% drops in, in, in the stock market values. Um, and then we've been through smaller ones, 2018, 2022 COVID crash. So we've been through these things. We said, you know, look, if something goes wrong from here, how, to, how do we think that'll affect us? And, Clients, they, they start to get um, trained in that. They, they, in, in fact, I'll give you an example. I was talking with a client just the other day who, when we started working together in the, at the end of 2019, so right before COVID, he was still in shock from what happened at the end of 2018. Now, if anybody doesn't remember, stock market dropped, I believe it was 20 or 21% just in December okay of of 2018 so he had he had moved to cash and he had he was you know terrified of the stock market and the volatility and that's you know it's understandable um you know, fast forward he's starting starting to kind of get a grip on on what his longer term plan is and then COVID hits in 2020. Um, now he actually had a good deal of money in, in cash at the time and i said look I, think about how afraid you are right now and if we say the, the the greater the fear probably the greater the opportunity right and and he you know he kind of took the leap of faith if you will he put trust in the process we helped him get allocated appropriately and i mean he ended up putting in a ton of money in at the bottom of the market yay good story you know a good outcome on that period but after covid right now we get 2022 boom when we get hit with this another little tidal wave as interest rates start to move and you know the kind of the great inflation uh trade of, of 2022 but as he's seen that his his some of his investments pulled back he 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 knows the deal he knows the process and he knows that maybe some of the money he has in bonds maybe it makes sense for him to move some more money into growth at you know lower prices if as the market recovers, you know, then we take some, some money off, take some profits and we put them in some more predictable, more stable value. And that process just repeats himself. It repeats itself. So he actually, when we had our reviews the other day, he was usually the guy that, that would make the call and, and be nervous Nelly when we first met. And now he's starting to say, Hey, you know, Tim, where, where are we seeing opportunity right here? And we went through that in detail and, and, and on we went, and it, I kind of thought about it. I even said to him after, I said, uh, "Yeah, geez, you've really changed a lot. You've you've gotten educated and learned this thing." And he says, "Yeah, I don't let my emotions get in control. And sometimes I got to check in with you, Tim, to, when I start to get a little outside my comfort zone, or my emotions start to make me want to make decisions." 
and sure enough, um, you know, we, we talk it through and like I said, most things are solvable. So it's, uh, it's definitely an interesting how, how much these emotions do play into things. And so I hope, uh, our listeners have got, uh, some context around that, uh, in the environment that we're in. Yeah. Very good stuff. So if you have questions, uh, if you want to sit down and, uh, and, and have someone you can kind of bounce some ideas off or if you haven't actually sat down and planned and you're relying on hope. Now's the time to change that. You can go to retirementpowerplaypodcast.com. That's the home for our podcast. You can also call Tim directly at 858-459-3937. All right, Tim. Well, I'm excited. Uh, that's my emotion after finishing this off and getting ready for, for the hockey season to, to unfold ahead of us. So I hope uh, I know we'll be catching up a little bit more down the road about it. But hope you have a good week and uh, we'll talk soon. Okay. Talk to you later, Ben. The commentary on this podcast reflects the personal opinions, viewpoints, and analyses of Sage Capital Advisors, LLC, DBA Dire Wealth Management employees making such comment and should not be regarded as a description of advisory services provided by Dire Wealth Management or performance returns of any Dire Wealth Management Investments client. The views reflected in the commentary are subject to change at any time without notice. The opinions expressed in this podcast are for general informational purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or any specific security. It is only intended to provide education about the financial industry. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your financial advisor prior to investing. Any past performance discussed during this program is no guarantee of future results. Any indices referred for comparison are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. As always, please remember investing involves risk and possible loss of principal capital. Please seek advice from a licensed professional. Dire Wealth Management provides advisory services through Sage Capital Advisors, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where Dire Wealth Management and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure. No advice may be rendered by Dire Wealth Management unless a client service agreement is in place.